You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm wait, back in... Wait, what? you're back. I am. I'm oh, back. I never know who I'm going to work with now. <laughs> I'm in Norman today. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 12th, episode 3158, brought to you today by State Line Tech. Good morning, Horse World. Well, welcome back. It's so nice to have you back today. Thank you. It was a uh, it was a heck of a journey to go back and forth to Rome in six days, but it was really really fun. Well, uh, we're looking forward to hearing all about it. Jamie's going to tell us all about her trip to Italy. I want to hear what it was like to be there Easter week. We're going to find out about that too. Uh. And our daily dose health tip is Dr. Carol Holland, who's going to talk to us about using alternative therapies such as acupuncture and chiropractic during the competition season. And do we have any weird news? You've probably been saving that up. Oh my God! There's a couple weeks worth. So uh, yeah, there's some pretty awesome ones. Well, I want to pretty th- awesome. I want to thank everybody who's filled in for uh, Lisa and Mandy did a great job on Monday. Uh, so thank you to both Lisa and Mandy for helping out while you were gone. Now we're back together one day, and then it's another week till we're back together again. But we will be having a lot of shows coming up. I will be leaving for Equine Affair right after we're done with this show. I have to drive to the airport and be leaving for Equine Affair in Ohio. The schedule, Thursday night, we have an Equine Affair auditor meetup dinner. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. There's a Facebook uh, page for that if you want to sign up. Uh, please do sign up as a restaurant so we need to know how many are coming. I think we have nine or ten coming so far. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning, I'll be recording special Horses in the Morning episodes at the Equine Network booth. So stop by, check out the Equine Network booth where, uh, I wish I remember which building we're in, but I don't. You can find it. Just look at the schedule. We have a big booth, so there's you won't have any trouble finding it. And if you want to be on the air, stop by. We're going to have lots of great guests. You can watch us doing the show. Allison from Equine Affair is my co-host. So that's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 11 at the Equine Network booth. Also, a reminder that tomorrow Christy Landwehr is back and with a brand new monthly episode, this time not Certified Horsemanship Association, but the new company she works with, and that's the NRHA. That's the National Reining Horse Association. So yes, once a month, we're going to be doing reining episodes the second Thursday of every month, to all talking all about uh, one of the most lucrative sports in the horse world, and that's reining. They win big money over there. So we, we, uh, that, uh, we already recorded the first episode of that, and she has a great co-host by the name of Sarah. That'll be starting tomorrow, uh, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from Equine Affair. And then Monday, you're going to hang out with Lisa, and then we should be back together Yay. next Wednesday for a while. So oh, cool. that'll be good. It's good. I miss hanging out with you. But let's do some daily winnies. First Daily Winnie, of course, is one of these. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. 
I have a bunch. Of, I tried to look up all the birthdays through next Monday, so I wouldn't miss any of the auditor birthdays. And of course, these are, are our terrific auditors, Patricia Fay. Horse husband, Brendan Donahue. And Brendan is also one of, I've met him on a couple of horse lovers cruises, and they're signed up for the next one. So happy birthday to you, Brendan. Uh, Randy Zaboyan, Allison Anderson, Heidi Smith, Christy Landwehr, of course, and Nicole McKean. I think I got all those right. And considering how limey I am today, uh, I'm, I'm proud of myself. Good job. Zaboyan was the one that almost threw me, but I think I got that one right. I'm I'm just going with I got it right. Well, those of you who listen to this show for years know that I am that girl, um, the one who stupid stuff happens to because I do stupid stuff. Uh, but I would like to give my husband the Daily Winnie for being that girl. <laughs> he was that. I'm taking you back to the very beginning of our trip. We get parked to Dallas, have to drive down to Dallas, get parked, get all the stuff together. Everybody has, we're just doing carry-ons and a backpack just so we can zip through security, zip through town, customs, all those things. Anyway, so we get to the first custom line at the no, just the first security line at Dallas. And uh, I go through, Lucas goes through, and then Chad's backpack, at the, they're like, uh, whose backpack is this? I'm like that's that's his. It's not mine. Not mine. Do you know what my husband left in his backpack? Uh, a machete. Whose bullets are these? And clip. <laughs> yes, um, He's a pilot for. God's excuse sake. me. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yes, my captain pilot husband is trying to get bullets in a clip through security and he's like that's not that's not a bullet in clips no and they're like they breach through the backpack pull everything out they're like yeah it is here it is <laughs> so my airline pilot hey, please husband, tell me the gun wasn't in there it was just the bullets the, clip. just the bullets and and let me tell you how texas is you know, you think that like sick. I was like, oh God, he's going to jail. He's going to no, get it's arrested. Texas, they all have guns. Swarm, swarm. <laughs> you know, no. Texas, he goes, you won't go back and put it in your car. You told me throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't throw it away. They take it home for their gun. <laughs> I like, know. <laughs> but I was just so glad that I wasn't the one. So we've was been he taking- target shooting recently? We have been taking shooting lessons from a local Norman you police officer. Yes, because I'm terrified of guns. You and are. This guy trains. He's a police officer that trains police officers, and we know him. And I'm like, if anybody's going to teach me shoot guns, it's going to be you. I didn't even so, know about this, Ann. Well, uh, and um, so this is the backpack Chad took to go. <laughs> Because he has his own guns and he goesn't shoot his own guns. So yeah, he's like, I didn't. Well, how, not the backpack. How are you with. feeling about it? About the shooting? Yeah, about the practicing. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I mean, I'm just terrified of it. You're still and, terrified? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah it's, it's not really helped at all. I'm still scared, but it's been a while. But I mean, it's been like a long time since we've done that. It's been like a month. And so these bullets have been sitting in my husband's <laughs> backpack for a month. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad that Has I wasn't the br- one. Is that the same backpack he brings when he's a pilot? He made clear that that was not the backpack okay. he takes okay. as a pilot. <laughs> but airport security and somebody's got bullets in their gun. It's my husband. It is who Texas, works for though. I mean, you'd done that in New York, you'd be in jail. I know that's what I'm saying. And then, like, I was like, "Oh God, what are they going to do to me? Hey, you won't take this back to your car." And he's like, "Yeah." Ooh, so I, we had to wait. <laughs> can I play this for him? If it works. I don't wanna be that girl. Girl, that girl. 
My husband finally gets that girl. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Yes, that was that. That was that girl. That's my husband. Do yeah, you that know was what just started to play automatically because my iTunes is all screwed up this morning? Is what? an eight. We must have done this ten years ago. It's Mona, one of our listeners, who's who's came from Germany, doing our HRN bumper in German. Do you want to hear uh, that? Sure. Well, this is so random. Like yes. A- Sie hören den zweiten jährlichen Pferd Radio Network Radiothon. Oh, Sir Radiothon. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> I need to practice my Norwegian uh, because we're going to be going to Norway in a month. So I got to practice that. Do you know who practiced the most Italian and sp- probably spoke the most Italian? And when they spoke the most Italian, people just swarmed was Lucas. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, you got a 10-year-old from America speaking Italian. They're going to swarm. Oh, they just like, each time you'd be like, grazie. They were like, oh. <laughs> so tell us about your trip. It was it was a really good time. So um, I, I was listing the ways of travel that we had. We had a car, plane, taxi, tram, bullet train, ferry, and shuttle, and uh, those were the ways we made our way. But we got to got to Rome. Easter week. <laughs> Easter, yeah, okay. Didn't think about that. No, you apparently like, didn't plan that one well. Why can't I get tickets to the Coliseum? Why can't I get tickets to go anywhere? At the last second, I get tickets to go to the Vatican. And so, by the you way, we did? fly. Yes, I got tickets to go to the Vatican on Good Friday. Oh, my God. Didn't, <laughs> didn't think about that. Oh, my God. There You're... was 9 million people there. <laughs> The line, we had like the skip the line pass, thank God, because people were waiting six, seven hours to get into the Vatican. It was absolutely nuts. Were they really doing tours and stuff that day? Yes, they did tours that day. Wow, I'm surprised. I mean, it was, I just remember this little um, Italian lady, she had a flag and she was walking through the crowds and she, and we had little earpieces in and she'd be walking through the crowd. You can't see anybody. I can't see anybody. The back of people's, you know, bra straps because I'm five two. And I, all I hear is, I'm waving my flag. I'm waving my flag. <laughs> just look at the flag that's like waving in the air because there's so many people. Um, but I will tell you that on the way there, flying, uh, we had the you know the seats at the back. We bought tickets to go and uh, were crammed in in the very back of a plane for ten plus hours. And uh, I was like, this this traveling sucks. This sucks. I don't want to do that again. So we canceled our tickets and tried to non-rev, which is fly through my husband's, you know, his company, fly through them on the way home, which we did. And I'll get to that. But yeah, so we get to Rome. We and you, you when you travel like that, the red eye flights and you have got to hit the ground run. And otherwise you're well, you lose a day. You, yeah. Well, we got there at like seven in the morning. Yeah, that's it's and always so, red eyes from here. Yeah, if you don't if you don't just keep going and power through, your schedule is messed up. So we decided that was our tour day. Like we're gonna get it done. I think we had twenty five thousand steps on our watches because we were tracking everything, you know. And we saw, you know, the Colosseum, the Vatican, the Pantheon, the Trevi Fountain. We in, in two days we did all the things along with nine million of our closest friends. Which, by the way, it's not a serious travel time for America, which is why it was easy for us to get a flight there. However, everybody else in Europe from every other European country descends on Rome and the Vatican specifically for Easter weekend. 
Yep. We didn't think about that. Holy smokes. So it was really, um, really crowded. Did you get but, in I mean, restaurants or anything? Yeah, we could. We, I, I booked these little like kind of off the beaten path places to stay usually on Airbnb. And so, <laughs> yeah, so that was great. We saw all the things, did the shopping, you know, we, I mean, I'm, all I have is a carry on, so I can't like go crazy shopping. So that was good and ran out of clothes, had to buy Lucas some clothes. So how much, how many pounds of noodles did you guys eat while you were there and pizza? Let me tell you, I think I have an ulcer from all the tomatoes I consumed <laughs> over the last week. I mean, it was either pizza or pasta every meal. It oh, is a or, good vegetarian place, though, isn't oh, it? It's so great. Because I bread. Go, I mean, you got bread, pasta, uh, you know, pizza. The know. perfect food for me is a combination of bread, cheese, and tomatoes. So that's why I go. love Italy. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, in the morning for breakfast, I would have a caprese sandwich and then, like, a pizza for lunch and a pasta for dinner. And it was just, I mean, I've, I, I, I measured, measured, weighed myself, and I put on almost five pounds. Yes! Oh, I guess ten. You did good. Well, don't ask Chad what he did. <laughs> his different. His Same uniform, his pilot's outfit's not going to fit anymore. He's going to have to work out a little bit before he goes back to work. Uh, <laughs> but it was great. And then we went to the island of Capri, which um, you can play the That Girl sound effect again. Because, Glenn, do you know how you get to the island of Capri? <laughs> On a boat. On a boat. And you love boats. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Chad was like, well, we can take a train. We can go around to Sorrento, which is a shorter ferry ride. And I'm like, hey, why, like, why? Why would we take a longer train, more expensive to like get on a shorter ferry ride? This ferry ride's only 50 minutes. And he's like, you think you can be okay? And I was like, it's a ferry. Like, of course I'm going to be okay. But they're usually pretty big, actually. Yeah, it's not a not a ferry where they put cars on it. It was just a ferry for people. Oh, so it's smaller ferry. And how were the seas that day, Jamie? The seas were angry that day, my friend. <laughs> seas were very angry. <laughs> I don't want to be that girl, 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 Were you over the railing, Jamie? Well, Glenn, you can't go out on the <laughs> railing. That thing the again. seas were so rough, you were not allowed to stand up. But let me tell you the <laughs> smart thing that I did, and that is to buy each one of us a giant smoothie before, as we were waiting in line for the ferry. And oh, I had a like a kale smoothie. Lucas had like a banana, you know, a, three smoothies, giant cups, and it was a great thing that everybody finished their smoothie before the ride because I had three giant cups lined <laughs> smoothies up. Smoothies <laughs> look bad going down. They look even worse going up. Uh, let me just tell you. <laughs> Green smoothies, either way, don't look good. Um, yeah, it was, but I was not the only one who got sick. Um, of course, my fighter pilot, G, having no problem husband, is like turning around talking to everybody while they're, I'm like puking into a smoothie cup, you know. <laughs> That'd be Jennifer and I. <laughs> oh my God. I was awful. It was awful. And I was just like, so no horse lovers cruise for you next year? <laughs> all, I, all I could think of was, I was like, Jim Glenn telling me to go on this stupid boat. I'm not going on a stupid boat ever in my entire life. I'm never going on a boat ever again. But then, of course, you have to go back on the ferry. Oh, yeah. I forgot get, about that. How was that? Back. Yeah. Uh, you know what? The seas were not as angry that day. And I like did that whole, okay, <clears throat> stare at the horizon, deep breaths. <laughs> so I like had a crack in my neck from like peeking out the window the whole time. But um, I will tell you that I made it and I'm alive and uh, it was very exciting. Um, the first day, when we got on the shore after the first ferry ride, I mean, I was that person like had their hands on the 
the wet pavement because it was of course rainy and stormy while I'm going on a ferry ride. So that was definitely um isn't isn't Capri <sighs> uh, tough. Excuse me, isn't Capri the one that's has the like the high cliffs and mountains? Yes, yes. And we did a lot of hiking up to the top of the mountain. I was like, y'all, we're going to earn these pizzas. <laughs> so they have a chairlift that you can take up to the very top, but we walked it and it was it was awesome. I mean, it was it was beautiful and great hiking. And my son was a super champ through the whole thing, taking a nine-year-old through places like this and like, okay, we got to run to catch a train. And he's dragging the suitcase and carrying a backpack. And he was just like a superstar the whole time. I just couldn't. And then he's like, Prego! and they're like, Oh, <laughs> we got back here to gas station and we bought something at Bucky's truck stop. And like, he's like, Gracias. and he's like, Oh, oh wait, they're American. <laughs> Cause you just get so trained to like say all the things and do all the things. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a great trip or super quick. Um, but as y- y'all as horse people know, I got like a three day limit before I start to panic about the house. Now I have Ginger, my dear friend who lives here taking care of the property. So I knew everything was fine and farm boy was coming out every day and everything is good, but you just miss your horses and your puppies. And so my first world problem was like, Lucas and I missed Homer so much. <laughs> and so I like to have the farm sitter. I'm like, can you please fix send me pictures of Homer? I need proof of life. And then, and then she sends pictures. Like, He's so much bigger. Oh my God. Like that girl, you know, but, um, yeah, it was it was a great time, and and again, you can't do it unless you have somebody that you trust taking care of your place. And so everything was good. Yeah, everything's good. I think we lost a chicken or two to coyotes, um, but that's pretty standard for this time of year. Um, parakeets were good, guinea pigs were good, horses all look fine. My Andalusian looks even fatter, so I mean, everybody's good. But I I do want to know that the kind of hard thing I had to do before we left. What's that? So, you know, we have Duke who is 30 and he hasn't been eating very well. And he had all that dental work done. I had to have a bunch of teeth pulled and and it was just so hard on him. I just said, you know, you're 30. I'm not going to put you through flushing out holes in your face and I'm just not going to do that to you. So I'm just going to like let you eat. Well, the of course, like the day before I'm about to leave to go to Europe, he's like, I'm not eating anymore. And I was like, oh, my God, okay, I, I can't not do this trip with my family. And uh, so I call my vet, and I'm setting everything up. I'm like, tell the farm center, I'm like, you know, here's our our plans if we need to have plans in action for anything, you know. And, and we, you know, kiss Duke on the nose, and I, and I, I talked to my vet, and we made all the necessary arrangements if we needed to. And I told the farm center, I'm like, if it, like keep him in this paddock up front, and every time you see him, food, feed him. Just make sure he has food all the time, like grain, grain senior alfalfa, because he can't eat hay anymore because of his teeth, and so he's because he wads it up and it all comes out. Anyway, uh, we've done. We're working with the vet a lot, and uh, so I just okay. Here we go. Like this is this sucks. So I'm having to make all these calls. And at the last minute, my vet says, do you have any of this particular medication? I'm not thinking of it right now, but it's not butte, but it's like a, it's like echo something. Yeah. Echo something. Um, and I said, you know, I do have that. And she said, why don't you just give him one a day and see if that improves obviously his pain that he's having while eating. And so I, 
told the pharmacist, I'm like, hey, there's a little tiny medicine bottle in the top of this thing. And she found and got it out. That horse has gotten fatter since I got back. Like, he looks great. So thanks to my vet, who's just just the coolest, most awesome chick in the world. And she's like, just give him one of those a day and see if it's a pain thing. And maybe he'll be more comfortable if he's, you know, he could have been having jaw problems after the dental surgery and all those things. Um, so he's doing great. So all of my worries, you, you know, um, you could play the clip called my wife's unnecessary anxiety. I mean, I was like preparing for death, you know, and it turns out he just had some pain and we were able to address it because my vet last minute came up with this awesome idea. And so anyway, everything was good there. And of course, that's like me going into a trip with like massive anxiety, getting on an airplane. How many thousand times a day did you think of that? Oh, my gosh. Like day two. Well, day two, she texted me and she's like, oh, my God, this medicine is amazing. He's eating like crazy. She's like, he's eating all the things. (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't have to sit on it the entire trip. So, uh, yeah, horses, all the fun. Good times. Horses. Well, uh, if you want to have fun with your horses... You need stuff. And to get stuff, you go to statelinetech.com. Right now on the homepage, they have saddle pads highlighted. And I went on to the saddle pads. And there's a lot of Western saddle pads in this world. I, I could not believe the amount of Western saddle pads there were. There's like 30 on a page, and there's nine pages of Western oh, really? saddle pads. Equiox. That was it. Equiox. Okay, good. Good to know. Can you send me some? I could use some. (laughs) (laughs) So they have all kinds of Western saddle pads from toe clat to professional's choice to reinsman to weaver. Lots of different weaver pads. I remember when weaver started. Uh, Tough one, Mustang, just tons of different pads. I will say one thing about the Western saddle pads, and I'm looking through all the pages of Western saddle pads here, is their colors are so much better than ours on the English side. (laughs) They have much more colorful pads than we do. And there's every shape and size, uh, some up to 30% off. Head on over right now to statelinedtech.com to check out all of your pad needs. You know what? We're coming out of winter. It's time to get some new stuff. You might as well take a look at that. And the other thing that they have highlighted on there right now, of course, is their fly sheets. And they have pages and pages and pages of fly sheets available. Your flies are going to start, so check out all the different options for fly sheets right now at statelinetech.com. Hey, I did have one more one yeah. more thing for you. Um, and this is, this is a me, that girl thing, because I don't speak Italian at all. I don't know what any of it means. I just, because my head goes to Spanish. I do Spanish pretty well. Um, but you go, the second we got out of the airport you go into the train you go to this main train station and i had to pee so bad i couldn't even stand it so i find like this one bathroom it's like a family bathroom but i didn't care i just needed to go so i get in there and i close the door and i'm like that's interesting they're kind of like hover holes you know Uh above above, and there's a there's a string hanging down right next to it with like a little handle and i was like that's interesting it's like a pull to flush kind of thing You know, like I haven't seen that before. So I, you know, I hover over the hole, I get up, and I pull the string to flush it. What happened? It's an alarm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Boop, boop, boop. Lights are going off. Sirens. And of course, I'm already done. How many people do you think fall in the hole and they have to flush them out? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why they had it so close. So I 
bust out of there. I sprint out of there. I haven't even washed my hands yet. And I'm like, I sprint out of there. I'm like, I didn't do it. And then, so this other person goes in next. Cause there's of course a line. And this girl goes in next and I see these, Oh God. I see these officers swarm the oh, door no, where this with poor her. lady is in the bathroom <laughs> that she's got it with the alarm going off. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And they're like banging on the door. Bow, 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 bow. And poor thing is probably hovering over the hole at this time. And so they start shouldering the door and they finally get, she opens the door. And she's like, what? You know, and they run in and they flip a switch and turn it off. Uh, but that was my lesson to not, don't pull the Don't string, pull string, you guys. strings and bathrooms in Italy. It's not a flusher. It is a string for an alarm. And that where and I, I was like, okay, if this goes on much longer, I'm gonna have to go up there and say something. But I didn't know what to say because I couldn't say. It. But like, I did it. I did that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to speak Italian, and these guys are all very Italian. An alarm is not a word you learn normally. You'll learn bathroom and thank you and please, you know. But I did not know how to say. I pulled that string and then I panicked <laughs> yeah. and I ran out and I left the next poor girl and to deal with you banging on the door. It's my fault. <laughs> Nothing is wrong. I don't know how to say that. So I just watched it. <laughs> and, and spectators were going, damn Americans. <laughs> oh my God. No, I ran. I mean, I was like, as soon as I came out of the bathroom, there's all these faces like looking at me like, what did you do? Why did you pull the string? And like, <laughs> I didn't know what the string did. That was a flushing. And then the other stupid thing I did, Glenn, I'm in the I don't even have a sound. I need a flushing toilet for the last one. I don't have a sound effect for that. You can do it that girl for this one too. Cause <laughs> I, I wrote down these things that I did cause I knew you would want to know about all the things I did. I did some wonderful, beautiful, awesome things, but y'all understand. I went to the Vatican and I needed a tissue in my pocket. I can't, there's no bathroom anywhere. I'm, like, I'm walking through like, you and know, there's a million Sistine people. Chapel. There's a billion people. <laughs> I need to blow my nose. And so what do I do? I reach out and I'm in this like, in the Sistine Chapel, you're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to take pictures. You just stand there and look up. And I'm standing there with 10 million other people and I'm fumbling through my pockets and I find a tissue and I pull the tissue out and I put it up to my face, you know, and I have to like clear a little space to like be able to have my arms out to blow my nose. And I open up the tissue and like a freaking bale of hay falls out of it onto the floor of the Sistine Chapel, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> what was I doing with hay in my pocket in Italy? In the Sistine Chapel, I deposited a flake of hay onto the ground from my tissue. <laughs> <laughs> God, they just need to ask me to leave. <laughs> well, you know what? Jesus was born on hay. I was giving it back to Trying him. Trying to help you out here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the next guest is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. Now, this is an excerpt from the Dressage Radio Show, actually. They had Dr. Carol Holland on who talked to Reese and Philip about using alternative therapies such as acupuncture and chiropractic during competition season. And with competition season coming into full swing in most places uh, over the next month or two, we thought this would be a good one to do. Plus, it gives me a chance to mention that the fourth 
Tuesday of every month, we have a brand new monthly episode for you, and that's the Chi University. That's the place where Dr. Wendy learned to do her all of her Eastern medicine. They're going to be doing an episode every month talking about the various things that they teach over there, uh, various treatments you can use for your horses, as well as the herbs. So they're going to continue the herb segments that Wendy was doing. So uh, that's starting this month as well. We have a couple of new monthly episodes starting, and I just wanted to have an opportunity to tell you about that. So we thought we would share this uh, health tip for you today. Well, tonight I am so happy to have Dr. Carol Holland from Wellington, Florida. She has been my my acupuncturist, chiropractor, veterinarian, support person for many years, and we're thrilled to have her on the program. Welcome back, Dr. Holland. Thank you, and thank you for having me again. I really appreciate it. Well, we always love you. Came to visit me and my horses yesterday. Uh, it's always what we actually saw each other in the public public's parking lot, which is kind of how <laughs> business is done in Wellington. And I like waved you down. I'm like, I need an appointment as soon as possible. So it was so fun. So we got to have you come yesterday and check my kiddos, which you've you know been part of my team for many years, and you know you know my horses, and that's it's so important. Um, but you have a wonderful topic that you've been discussing um, this summer. And so I wanted to hand the mic to you about, about your topic and uh, what we're talking about tonight. Super. Yeah. And, um, and thank you again. And I just wanted to tell you that um, I have spent a lot of time in recent years because of my um, training in acupuncture and, and doing um, chiropractic and uh, sports medicine work and spent a lot of time going to the actual horse shows with my clients. It's given me a new perspective to do that. And this summer, I've spent a lot of time doing that. So um, I was asked to give a speech on uh, pain and therapy in the competition athlete because a lot of people don't know and haven't taken a good look at or, or used the benefit of how you can work on a horse during a competition, even the FEI competition or CDIs, because it is allowed under the rules. And also, a lot of horses get stressed out um, during the competition. So acupuncture is amazing during the competition. And um, the because the number one benefit of acupuncture is for pain relief. And then also, because of the pain relief and the way that acupuncture works, it releases endorphins. And I think I've mentioned that during one of your talks already, that people have, have mm -hmm. been following you for a while. Remember that. So the huge benefit of acupuncture is um, the endorphin relief. And what horse that goes to a horse show that gets on a trailer, that gets tacked up, new tack or fun tack or stress of the owner, which transmits to the horses, going to a stall, all these crazy horses around them that are scared too, that doesn't always have some sort of stress in their life. And to get acupuncture treatment during the competition, it's, it's so beneficial because the endorphin release will help them calm down plus give them some pain relief. All the shows always, you know, affect digestion because maybe the horse doesn't want to eat because its neighbor is screaming. You know, the horse neighbor is screaming. The stalls are small. Um, they get stiff from the trailer ride. So, again, you can just put the wheel on and start rolling ideas of, of what will cause a horse to be upset at a horse show if they're not used to it or even if they are used to it. So that's why I wanted to bring up the topic that, you know, it's beneficial during competition. And a lot of people still have, you know, haven't taken uh, advantage of this. So you can do it during an FEI competition if no one knew. It is allowed. The only part that's not allowed is to use an electro machine with the actual acupuncture. So you can use dry needles 
Um, you cannot inject a substance into a horse. So the main thing you can do is use dry needles during the treatment. Chiropractic or body work is also allowed during an FEI competition and certainly during um, USEF competitions, which are called national shows or national competitions. And this is worldwide. This isn't just um, in America. Like anywhere you go in any country during a national competition or during FEI, you can use this therapy. And the main thing you have to do is understand the need of the owner or the trainer or the rider, whichever one or the combination, if it's an owner, trainer, rider, and you have to understand exactly what that horse needs. And certainly um, that's understanding acupuncture. So for instance, um, I have a lot of people that call me and say, hey, my horse is upset and he doesn't calm down. So then I would use acupuncture for calming during the competition. Or um, during the competition, a horse, uh, an owner may say, oh, my horse tripped getting off the trailer and he's really tight in his neck. So I would go for that specific reason, you know, during the competition. And so you have to get a, a reason and have to understand, you know, the owner. So I always make that as a stress to my owners. And I would like to put that out there for all the owners listening that the communication between your acupuncture vet or your, your therapist vet during the competition is, is the most important thing because there's so many opportunities with acupuncture that you can do during the competition to help out. And, um, and the rules are it can be done the day of, um, and then you have to always check with the FEI delegate that that delegates there. And if, you know, so that they know, and your veterinarian should know that because we have rules on how we have to do it. But once the vet is accepted into the FEI uh, enclosure, it can be done. And then if you're at a national show and you show up, then um, the rules are, you know, whatever the the competition rules are for that showgrounds, you know, for veterinarians coming on the showgrounds. The, the veterinarian should know those rules. One of the other things that I have found for acupuncture um, after the competition is some people don't know, like if you ship out and you have a horse show the next week and your horse is like competing weekly or say a lot of um Horses have to come back or they compete again in two weeks. You know, they're trying to qualify for something and you're like, okay, I've got the next three weeks I have to show, which sometimes people give a break, sometimes not. Um, it's super important to check them within, I think, 24 hours after a competition. And that can be done too because horses are extremely tired, just like you would be if you ran a marathon every day or you ran a 10K every day. And you had to go to work every single day and do that. So um, the acupuncture can help for the pain and the sore muscles. Um, proactive therapy is what I call post-competition therapy. And when you use that for proactive for the next week, your horse is already set up for endorphin release to be calm going into the next show or just during your training for the next week. So um, for me, I sort of developed a plan with the athletes that I work with, the uh, their owners of the athletes that I work with, the equine athlete, mm-hmm. and say, look, you know, I think specifically this horse really needs post-competition therapy. This horse does really well for during the competition therapy. And, you know, we develop a plan based on an individual basis. I was just going to interject my own perspectives on this is, is just that pre-competition or, you know, Setting up because I have a chiropractor slash acupuncturist veterinarian that that treats our horses. And uh, I mean, I I see an acupuncturist and and I think, you know, it's hard to just call someone and say, I'm at a show. Let's let's do some acupuncture where, you know, whereas like 
okay, now how's the veterinarian supposed to do a, a full kind of assessment, workup, discuss all the issues at a competition? I think you should, like, if you're thinking about acupuncture for your horse or any any sort of treatment, you should be doing it, you know, early, pre, you know, thinking thinking about, like, at this point in time, you know, for us in Canada, it's like, okay, we're a few months away from our first show, our first competition. Maybe I'd like to uh, involve an acupuncturist, chiropractic adjusting for the horse. So let's think early. Let's not get halfway into a, a competition season and then start to throw things at the horse and, uh, you know, and, and more and more therapies. Um, I think you have to prepare the practitioner and you have to prepare yourself and you have to prepare the horse to be doing these things um, pr- prior to the first to the first show. I, I 100% agree. And and when um, my clients and owners, when they are um, do that, it makes my life very easy, and it makes it very easy for me as a therapist to come in, and then I know the horse, and that's 100% perfect. So that if a, a problem during the competition arises. I already know the horse and I know that if you called me and I'd been seeing you for three or four months and you called and said, there's something not right and you can come check it and you know the horse. And so that's the perfect scenario, but letting you know during the competition, I mean, you, you, what you're saying is you already know the horse and there's not going to be some huge project to get um, taken care of. Well, and you have um, a baseline to that. say, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, in any sort of uh, veterinarian work, you have to have a baseline uh, of the of the patient, right? Because it's hard to determine is you know a bit of a, a sore muscle or is this a regular thing? Is this a new thing? Is is this what I'm I need to treat right now or is that you know is it ongoing or is it an, an acute injury? Like this is this is why the the veterinarians have such a, a hard time because. You know, there's there's not really a baseline when somebody has a horse and then they just call someone out and, and it's like, okay, you know, oh, I, I think I think he pulled a muscle or I think he, you know, uh, well, there's 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 no baseline. It's already too late, right? And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, every horse has stuff, just like in X-rays or or whatever. Like you you got to kind of work with someone, you know, when when the horse is feeling good, I think, and and mm-hmm. and that's you know sort of a a crazy concept, but. Um, it's not crazy. Yeah, it's like it's you don't not, go to the doctor also, if you're feeling great, and, and like only yeah. when you, only when you are like, oh, I can't move this arm or or whatever. That now I need <laughs> to see a doctor. Well, it's 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 difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. Well, and I think mm-hmm, too, but- like working with you know Dr. Holland and and you know we have a plan, and I think that that's so important. So that if something goes awry, which it does, uh, hopefully it doesn't. But and you plan for it not to. But if it does, then there is a you you have a baseline. But I think it's so important to have that team especially when those horses are competing at the international level and, you know, here in Florida now it's, it's go time. And, and it's, it is and in a lot of times, you know, even the riders, you don't all feel great. Uh, but if you are constantly working with someone and, you know, it's also, it's, it's a nice break for the horses too. Like if you've been in an FEI stabling, it is, you can only get in there with credentials and they are pretty strict here. You just can't walk in there. Very yeah. Very, which is good because it is quiet back there. And, and we like that. And, and that way 
that you do have a chance. You can have the horses can have their appointment. They can rest. They can have the therapies that they need. Um, and so it is really important to have that if you're competing internationally. And Dr. Holland will travel with horses. She knows them. Different countries, you know, there's there's so many different challenges that these horses face. Um, so having a team that comes, but that really can come just at any level, right? Dr. Holland, you see all my horses. You don't just see the mm-hmm. FEI ones. You see everybody. And and we have yeah. challenges with each one of them. And, you know, we, we move barns and we do things like that. And, and we try to keep it as, as easy and, and, and safe and positive as we can, but sometimes it's not. And, and so I think that's why having a vet and having the team with you is, is so very important. So Dr. Holland, I think it's such a great topic. And I do think it's important that people know that you can treat at a horse show. You have to do it appropriately. You have to do it with vets that know the rules um, because you don't want to get caught on a rule that that something was injected or, or whatever. But it is important to know that there are vets out there that want to help you. They want to, you know, obviously the, the horse's best interest is always highest importance, but um, within that, the vets are there to help you and your horse. And, and Dr. Holland is, is phenomenal at that. So um, Carol, anything else that you want to kind of end with tonight? No, um, I think all these points that you guys made, and I love the fact that the team approached before, I think that that's like the best thing I've heard in a long time. And and thank you for um, the compliments. And um, I, I just really appreciate it. But um, I like that, that team idea. So thank you. And how can our listeners find you online? They can find me online at naturalvettv.com. And PB stands for Palm Beach, but it's, um, it's all one word. So naturalvettv.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much as always. Thank you too. Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds has one, two, three, four different formulas that we're going to chat about very briefly today. First one on the list balances the needs of horses who need calories, but they also need a little bit of focus. What's that one called? Called mass, no sass. They also have a formula that's going to balance the needs of a horse that needs a lot of energy because he is a high-performance competitor. What's that one? That one is called Freestyle Performance or Trail Mix. Because yes, trail horses can be high-performance animals. And for senior horses or horses who have dental issues... That one's called Senior. Tough to remember. And for those who want a top-quality, non-GMO feed, which is what all of Daily Dose Equine's feeds are, but they also have a really serious budget that they need, they need to stick to, what do, they ha- what do you have for them? We call that product Sweet and Safe. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News statement is so true today because I have two weeks worth of weird news because I wasn't here last Wednesday. So I would like to thank these people who were perusing the news wherever they get it. And they thought, wow, that's a really weird story. And here's what they did. They emailed it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. And let me know what's going on in their part of the world or whatever part they're reading about. The people who did that, Glenn, were Ruth, Katie, Glenn. Emily, Anna, Aaron, Scott, Danielle, JoLynn, Ellen, Jennifer, Laureen, Sarah, Allie, and Mary. So thanks y'all so much. So I have to cut it down to four. There's so many, but there was a lot of repeats. Uh, This one was sent to me multiple times. We're in South Africa. 
What could possibly go wrong in South Africa, Glenn? A lot. Um, so there's a, a pilot and he's in this kind of smaller plane, probably like six, eight seater airplane. And he climbs up into the cockpit and he takes off and he's halfway, you know, to his destination. And he was, he just felt something cold under his shirt and he thought his water had spilled. He's like, I thought it was my water bottle leaking. And he looked down and, and his water bottle was sitting over on the side where it's supposed to be. And he's like, as soon as I turned to my left and I looked down, I saw the head of a snake receding back underneath my seat. I had a moment of stunned silence. It was more as if my brain did not register what's going on. It was a moment of disbelief because said snake, Glenn, it was a four foot long cobra. A cobra (laughs) had found his airplane, climbed up in it and was in his seat. When he sat down on it, it went into his shirt, Glenn. (laughs) A cobra. I'd have jumped. (laughs) What are you going to do? You're I would have jumped. I would have just pilot. jumped. Yeah, you're the pilot. You're <laughs> mid-flight. The passenger, uh, the pilot, and told the passengers, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to let you know that there are Snakes on the ha- plane. Snakes on the plane. Yeah. The, the, the quote was, he informed air traffic controllers that he had, quote, a bit of a situation. <laughs> he ended up having to make an emergency landing, clearly. And the whole time he's making the landing, the cobra had gone down and wrapped itself around his ankles in a, quote, nice, pretty little bundle. (laughs) Yeah, a cape cobra. He remained calm. He landed. He's now got an award for displaying impeccable bravery after landing his aircraft incident free albeit under extreme pressure. So yeah, this guy lands. It was yeah, five feet long. Sorry. Lands. They have to call snake catchers to the plane. Guess what? They never found it. The engineers spent two days pulling the aircraft apart, trying to find the Cobra and they couldn't find it. They took out the seats, the carpets, the panels, everything in the aircraft. They could strip off at that point. They took it off. Burn it. Just burn it. Just burn it. (laughs) Just, just light it on fire. Yeah. I, who's ever going to get in that plane again until they find that snake? No, not me. No. Is this that plane? No. Okay, we're good. I'm out. <laughs> um, next story. So weird. I have to do this one because many people send it to me as well. Um, I'm just going to read the bullet points here. Um, a company made a volleyball-sized meatball with mammoth... DNA. They spliced any mammoth DNA that they had and they had to make a like I think they had to use some sheep DNA and some elephant DNA and they made a giant meatball out of mammoth DNA and I guess they're trying to show like alternatives to meat and all that. However nobody could taste the meatball. Do you know why? Because nobody here can eat protein that's 5,000 years old and they thought People would die <laughs> to eat a bite of the mammoth meatball. So it is currently on display, but it is, quote, a striking statement to raise awareness of meat alternatives. <laughs> I don't think that's what it is at all, actually. <laughs> oh. 
All right, we're going to go to a tiny little village. And uh, in this little village in Bolivia, it's called, the, it's a rural municipality of Juarina La Paz, Bolivia. Okay. And the villagers claimed they went outside and they saw these blue and green lights in the sky. Okay. And they were like, what is that? And then that night, the blue and green lights disappeared. And what they realized is that the blue and green lights had landed in their little village. And then they all looked out and it was dark outside, but they said they saw a lot of mysterious beings who looked like goblins. They said, quote, they were miniature beings like those little people who appear to children. And then UFO experts sent me photos uh, were sent, were sent photos of the lights and of the creature that they found dead. They found a dead alien in their streets by a gutter. There's a picture of it in here. It is like, looks like one of those typical little alien forms, but it's all black and it's dead laying by a gutter, Glenn. And so they went around, took pictures of it. They were, you know what? It's nighttime. We'll go get it in the morning. They come out to get it in the morning. It's gone. It's disappeared. So there's no proof that any of this happened, but according to the, regional area the small town is still on a fact-finding mission and vow that authorities will come carry out an investigation Who leaves it there for morning <laughs> well it was late <laughs> all right we're i got two more uh, let's start with this one this is in maryland two teenagers have been arrested am i wrong we haven't had a florida yet no, there's no Florida today. Oh, You're welcome. Thank You're you. welcome. Well, maybe the next one is. I don't know. It sounds like Florida. But um, save the best for last. But this one was pretty darn good. Um, in Maryland, so there's a guy that is at a gas station, and he's pumping gas. And two teenagers walked up to him, and they're like, give us your keys. Give us your keys. And they shove the guy, take his keys, and jump in the car. And then they tried to drive away. It was they, a stick. They couldn't. <laughs> as, 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 as my husband calls it, millennial lojack. It was a stick shift. <laughs> Two teenagers have been arrested and they failed car jacking attempt at a gas station because, yes, it was a stick shift and they couldn't steal it. According to police, they have been charged as adults, even though they can't drive like adults. And they're, they were 16 and 17. And uh, yeah, so they're uh, currently in jail because they couldn't drive stick. I saw a video yesterday. The ladies at the gas station and two kids come up to, I don't know if they were robbing her or trying to take her car. It was the cam from the from the gas station. And she, she was smart. She just pulled out her gas hose and hosed them with gasoline. Oh, both That's of them. That's really smart. And they oh. ran. I mean, what do you do and do when you're covered in gasoline? <laughs> it's like you're going to hang around and wait for somebody to light a match. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we're going to end in Adams County, Pennsylvania, because this one was just too good. And I think you are one of the 10 people who sent this to me. So don't spoil it. But um, okay. you, you may have more questions and I may have the answers. So a school bus was stolen and was driving through a giant foods and Rite Aid parking lot. And it, they were, it was stolen. They spotted it in this parking lot. 
the school bus then turn west onto 15 north and the police are chasing it and they finally caught up to him and they tried to get him to pull over by the pennsylvania turnpike but then pulled away and started a police chase glenn this guy in his school bus driving a stolen school bus is leading the police on a chase through pennsylvania so they finally they get him stopped because he accidentally almost flips the school bus on a curb he then puts it in the park and he gets out and he just takes off on foot Glenn and he's running down the street. And at this point he decides that he needs to get naked. (laughs) And he's running down the street, stripping off his clothes, passing through traffic areas and parking lots until he's completely naked and then he's running. Do they think that they're not going to stop? Well, he's naked. Let him go. Uh, so they finally stop him, take him down, and they arrest him. He's going to jail. And then they go back to the school bus to get the school bus. And they look inside the school bus. And there's a dead deer in the school bus. Why? Why is there a dead deer inside the school bus? So I said to Chad, I said, I want you to think about this and ask me questions. And he was like, okay, why did he steal the school bus? Well, he stole the school bus because he had stolen a BMW and wrecked it. So then the (laughs) next best thing was a school bus. So he jumps in the school bus. Next question. Why was he naked? Uh, he, He wasn't naked at the time. He just got naked as he was running. He goes, why do you do that? I go, I don't know. Shrooms are bad this time of yeah, year. Yeah, drugs are bad. <laughs> um, then, of course, the next question is, why is there a dead deer inside the bus? Because clearly he had to wreck the BMW that must have had the uh, dead deer in it and then put the dead deer inside the school bus before he took off. According to law enforcement, he admitted to placing the dead deer inside the bus because he's attempting to drive it home to use it as fertilizer for his garden. <laughs> Thinking ahead, that guy. Got a green thumb. <laughs> for his garden. <laughs> um, he is being currently held at York County Prison for number one fleeing officer, receiving stolen property, reckless driving, resisting arrest. Period. Okay, then that begs the next question. He wasn't drunk or high. <laughs> He's not. He was not on drugs or high or drunk or anything. No? According to this story, no. He just stole a school bus with a dead deer in it, drove it in a police chase, got naked. Okay, and so ran what's around. worse? What's worse? If he was high, or the fact that he wasn't high? That is not. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody in their right mind, however uh, it may be on a daily basis, decided that that was the best course of action. So so we're assuming that he stole the BMW, wrecked the BMW into the deer, and then picked the deer up and threw it in the school bus. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's what I think. That's where I'm yeah. going with this. Then it makes more sense in my head because it makes my head hurt. Why and the fact would... that this was not in Florida is amazing. <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> I... I I grew up there, so I don't know what that says. <laughs> I, yeah, can't, I can't win you're today. <laughs> very con- connected to this story. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, thank you for the weird news, everybody. How do they send them to you? You can send them to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. That's how I can keep them all apart from the other ones. So they're all special. 
Well, we won't have any really bad ads this Friday because I'll be doing the show from from Equine Affair. But send your ads in. Get them in for next week to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. She can always use ads. I notice a lot of the auditors posting them in the auditor room. That will not get you entered for prizes. You need to send them to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com to make sure that happens. Well, it's good to ha- talk to you again today. Thank hang you. Out with Enjoy you. Equine Affair. I'm a little jealous you get to go, but uh, because of this European vacation, I will not be going to Equine Affair or to <laughs> Land Rover this year, which is just going to suck But to watch that online. But, um, you know, got to do what you got to do. Still got to work. Yeah, I won't be at Land Rover either because in May we're heading off to Norway. So another European vacation, actually. So, But come okay. to the movement. Yeah, yes. you can see Glenn and I in well, California. And that's in June, right? Yes, the Father's okay. Day weekend in June. It starts like mid-Friday, goes through Sunday. And so definitely everybody come. You can go to MontyRoberts.com to look at tickets. But yeah, come hang out with Glenn and I. Please. All right, sounds good. All and right. Monty Roberts, you know. Thanks, Yeah, him too. <laughs> <laughs> Spay, neuter, gelb. Nobody's flying to California just to hang out with us. No, of course not. I wouldn't. I'm going to fly to Florida and hang out with you. No, you still haven't.